This is Barry Zelma, Zelma on Insurance. I am an attorney who has retired from the active practice of law and now spend my time as an insurance claims consultant, an insurance claims expert witness, an author and producer of these videos. Today I'd like to speak about the nature of underwriting. Before the insurance claims adjuster begins a claims investigation, he or she must understand the nature of underwriting because it is how an insurance policy comes into existence. Underwriting is defined as the process of accepting or rejecting risks. It requires a determination by the underwriter of the risks for which insurance is sought and the terms under which the insurance will be written if the risk is acceptable. Underwriting insurance is a function unique to the insurance industry because it transfers the risk of loss from the individual or entity insured to the insurer. Three centuries ago, Insurance originally was a very personal matter. A property owner would discuss with an individual insurer the problems, values, and risks of loss involved in a commercial enterprise. They would then agree upon the terms under which the insurer would insure the risk. Together they would draft a contract, and the insurer would sign his name at the bottom. He literally underwrote the insurance. When the Lloyd's Insurance Marketplace started in Edward Lloyd's coffee shop, policies were often written in chalk on a blackboard, and those who wished to join in the insurance risk-taking would sign their name and the percentage they wished to take of the risk under the terms of the policy written on the board. In its original usage, underwriting referred to the operation of the insurance business. Today, in application, there is a more restricted meaning applied to the term. Underwriting in modern usage is a systematic technique for evaluating risks that are offered to an insurer by prospective insureds. The function of underwriting involves evaluating, selecting, classifying, and rating each risk. Underwriting establishes the standards of coverage and amount of protection to be offered to each acceptable risk. It formulates and administers the rules and procedures that are used to ensure that predetermined standards are met by the individuals who are called underwriters. Underwriters are the risk takers. Adjusters only become involved when the risk becomes a loss and the adjuster is called upon to keep the promises made by the policy created by the underwriter. In the United States, underwriting has become more corporate and less individual. Underwriters are now invariably employees of insurance companies 
and no longer put their personal fortunes at risk. The process of underwriting in modern United States insurers involves four basic functions. One, selection of risks. Two, classification and rating. Three, policy forms. And four, retention and reinsurance. By performing these four functions, the underwriter increases the possibility of securing a safe and profitable distribution of risks so that the insurer can profit from the insurance risks accepted by the underwriter. Adjusters are the representatives of the insurers who fulfill the promises made by the underwriter when the risk was taken. Adjusters must determine that the decision to insure was based upon accurate facts and that the underwriter fully understood the risk he or she was taking. Underwriters believing that the applicant reports facts to the underwriter honestly and in good faith weigh the hazards faced by a particular property before agreeing to take on the risk. Underwriters take information from the adjusters after a loss to reevaluate the risk decision, to be certain they were not deceived, and to better evaluate the risk taken so that they can deal with future requests for renewal or increases in coverage. Sometimes an insurer will ask the adjuster to perform a pre-risk inspection to determine if the risk is worthy before the underwriter makes the decision to accept a risk for insurance. Usually, however, information from the adjuster is provided to help the underwriter determine whether to cancel, non-renew, or continue on the risk or modify the policy and premium before agreeing to continue on a risk. If the adjuster develops facts during a claims investigation that the underwriter was deceived when the risk was accepted, grounds may exist for the underwriter to make the decision in conjunction with the claims department that the policy should be rescinded or declared void. From my experience, one jeweler applied for insurance claiming that his office was secured in a 15-story building and he occupied the 15th floor. When he presented a claim, the adjuster went to the address only to find there was no 15-story building there. It was a single-story building occupied only by the jeweler and the security promise did not exist. The underwriter understood that he was deceived when he accepted the risk, and eventually that policy was rescinded from its inception. The premium was returned. The policy came back. No claim was paid. So with the assistance of the underwriter, who can establish facts misrepresented or concealed were material, the claims person will then seek the advice and counsel of a competent insurance coverage attorney 
before deciding how to deal with a claim when the policy was obtained by deception. With knowledge of underwriting and the decision-making process used by underwriters, the adjuster can properly conduct the thorough investigation required by law without an understanding of the factors weighed by the underwriter. The adjuster does not know what questions to ask when conducting the claims investigation. Some of the most important factors considered by the underwriter before accepting or rejecting a risk for insurance with which an adjuster should be familiar include the moral hazard. The moral hazard is the increase in uncertainty caused by personal acts of individuals. These acts may contribute to the probability or severity of loss. The individual creating the problem may be the policyholder or another person. In either case, the chance of loss is increased. A moral hazard may be present in every line of insurance. No underwriter can ignore it without incurring an increased risk of substantial loss. The moral hazard is very difficult to detect when a policy is being considered and therefore very dangerous to the insurer. Moral hazard is the term used by insurers and by judges and juries to denote the incentive that insurance can give an insured to increase the risky behavior covered by the insurance. The competent underwriter and adjuster recognize that moral hazard describes a policyholder who deliberately causes loss by, for example, setting fire to his or her building, conspiring with thieves to steal his or her cargo-laden truck, making false entries in his or her accounts in order to justify a claim for non-existent property, or reporting a burglary that never took place at his or her home or business. Some underwriters think only of the intentional fraud when they use the term moral hazard. If an applicant reveals such a fraudulent intent, no sane underwriter would agree to insure him. It is for the adjuster to discover it and warn the underwriter against maintaining the risk in the future. However, most moral hazards are not of this deliberate type. There are many cases when the attitude of the policyholder has increased the hazard without any thought of a deliberate act. The moral hazards can be controlled by an effective and knowledgeable underwriter. Underwriters must also consider the situation of an insured who has a lack of self-interest or has created a morale hazard. There are cases where the ownership of the property is less desirable than the proceeds from insurance. One example is an outdated building situated in a business area with a high concentration of business and a shortage of parking space. The owner might receive rent from tenants but could receive more if the building was raised and the land used as a parking lot. Under such circumstances, there may be a temptation to start a fire, or at least 
to avoid taking steps to prevent vandals from creating a fire. Similarly, the person who is unable to meet the payments on a loan and is faced with foreclosure can present both a moral and a morale hazard. The property may not be saleable at a price high enough to repay the loan. The policyholder may fear a lower credit rating if foreclosure begins. When any of these conditions exist, there may be a temptation to sell the property to the insurance company by means of a total loss. As one court stated, if one's financial well-being would be enhanced by the loss of property rather than its preservation, there would be a temptation to destroy the property or at least to fail to take reasonable precautions to protect the property. This moral hazard arises whenever one can obtain insurance coverage on property for more than the property is worth to the insured. Given current societal attitudes towards gambling, the moral hazard or morale hazard concern appears to be the stronger peg on which to hang the insurable interest doctrine. This is a case called Teague versus. Chrysler Insurance, 1999 case out of New Mexico. The morale hazard is usually not considered by underwriters to be as predictive of a future loss as is the moral hazard. Some of the causes of morale hazard include decline in profits or income. For example, a resort that fails to develop tourists, a neighborhood that does not materialize as expected, a change in the style of the community, a freeway that has revised traffic patterns. None of these conditions create a moral hazard. However, if these conditions cause revenues to decline, few owners will take as much care of such a property as they would of a profitable property. Lack of proper maintenance soon results in an increased chance of loss. Having a small financial interest in the property is also part of a morale hazard that can be found by poor housekeeping, poor maintenance. A property owner who is careless in handling valuables, with cash that is not locked up, a burglar alarm system that is never set, a safe that is never locked, or has the combination written on the wall above the safe, increases the risk of loss. Irresponsible conduct, such as an absentee landlord who has not seen the property in more than 12 months, or has no employees visit the property, also increases the risk of loss. Underwriters are also concerned about the physical hazard, which is an increase in uncertainty caused by objective material factors that include the physical condition of an individual for a life insurance applicant, the construction elements of the property, rating of buildings that take into account the materials used, the number of stories, the number of fire divisions, occupancy, the forces of nature, and whether the insured property is subject to things like hurricanes, tornadoes, and earthquakes. 
to control the risk of losses increased by the physical hazard, the underwriter must obtain and interpret relevant information, recommend improvements, and, if possible, use the policy provisions, deductibles, and rate adjustments. When an increase in physical hazard is discovered by a claims person, it must be reported to the underwriters so that they can properly evaluate the ongoing risk and it should be considered whether the increase in physical hazard was sufficient to cause the policy to be void or to eliminate coverage for the loss. This video was adapted from my book, Zelma on Insurance Claims, Part 102, Second Edition, which is available from Amazon.com as a Kindle book or as a paperback and can also be found on my website, zalma.com, by clicking on the Insurance Claims Library. If you found this video to be useful to you, please refer it to your colleagues, and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well as to my blog so that you can learn about future blog posts and future videos. Thank you again for your attention.